and welcome, folks, to episode 53 of the Ministry of Dice podcast. We're a UK-based podcast talking about all things Dice Masters in the United Kingdom. I'm Chris, otherwise known online as the True Mr. Six, and with me today I have Andy. A.K.A. Screech Powers. <laughs> Screech Powers? Is that from um, Saved by the Bell? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, so here you go, little known fact time already. Ooh. He wrote a tell-all autobiography and completely slagged off the rest of the cast and all the crew. Said there was all these wild parties used to be going on, there was drinking drugs everywhere, and none of them talked to him anymore. Really? Yeah, none of them will talk to him. Uh, they've all they've all denied his claims in his book, and none of them will speak to him. I reckon the principal building was the right rock and roll style. Uh, yeah, he was all over it. You could tell, couldn't you? You could tell he was like a yeah. a, a rock and roll, sex, drugs, and rock and roll type. Yeah, you could definitely tell. Of course, Elizabeth Berkeley. Things went a bit downhill for her, didn't they? Yeah, what was that striptease? So, yeah, uh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. I've heard. I've never seen it. <laughs> yeah no 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 just 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 read about it because it was controversial <laughs> when i wake up in the morning that that kind of weird 80s zigzag multicolor pattern sort of back in at the minute as well have you noticed i have noticed it's yeah. maybe stranger things inspired talking of which have you uh sat down and watched any of those yet uh, i'm getting caught up yeah i'm part i'm part way through season two now oh brilliant yeah getting caught up so not not long and i'll be with you and also, I have to confess, I had a little bit of a detour into The Boys on Amazon. Oh, yeah, I've heard that's good. I need to sit down and watch that. Yeah, sure. Well, I've read the um, the graphic novel that it's uh, based on. More more little-known facts for you folks. So, written by Garth Ennis and drawn by Derek Robertson. Oh, was it Derek Robertson or was it Steve Dillon? One of those two artists, anyway. So, yeah, I've actually got the, the graphic novel collections on my shelf upstairs. So, yeah, I, I took a stranger things break to go hit up the boys cool stuff cool stuff yeah screech's first name is samuel i've just googled it samuel screech powers yeah although the the actor's got an awesome name dustin diamond (laughs) should have just called him that yeah dustin diamond that's amazing (laughs) oh no In 2006, Diamond directed and released his own sex tape, Screeched, Saved by the Smell. (laughs) That just sounds like an instant classic. However, Diamond stated in an interview on Where Are They Now that he was not actually in the sex tape, rather a stunt double with his likeness was used on it. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, dear. I'm glad I googled that now. When careers go wrong. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> anyway, we better do some Dice masters content. We should indeed. We should indeed. So, how are you doing, my man? You well? I'm very good. I'm very good. Are you all right? Yeah. Yeah, I am all right. Good. Just I'm all right. Home, home alone at the moment. You're about to be home alone, aren't you? So, no, I am home alone right now. Oh, they're, you're home alone? Yeah, they've already left. You're really struggling to... <laughs> <laughs> to grasp it. yeah you've told me about eight times i think it's because my family's not here there i'm just assuming that yours have gone on exactly the same holiday yes yeah mine headed out uh mine headed out around lunchtime today while i was in work uh, but it's okay i've got plenty in the schedule to keep me occupied oh tell me more tell me more well so uh, uh i'm I, i'm recording with your good self right now that'll fill a bit of time and then me and you're gonna get get a few games on as is traditional now uh following our podcast recording 
Uh, we, we will not be streaming this week, nor did we stream last week, and we must apologise for that. I suppose a confession on our part for the listeners. We we sort of knew that YouTube was doing some things and and not using Google Hangouts anymore, but we kind of didn't really. Uh, no, the, pe- the pop-up things mind. came up saying as of the first of August you're not going to be able to do this, and it was like oh, I'm sure it will be fine. And then when it came to it, you need a degree in computer science and God knows what else to sort out. Yeah, we need to. We need encoders that can ingest things. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like way over my head. So there's going to be some uh, some sitting down thinking. Yes, yes like, indeed. We need a poo. Does this work? <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, there'll be some YouTube t- tutorials watched. I suspect, um, and we might be calling on a few people out there to. I don't know, just sit us down and school us. <laughs> yeah. So if you do know how to link in an encoder into your YouTube channel in order to use the live events section bit, then uh, pop us an, a message, let us know, because we ain't got a clue. Yeah, and I think we should be clear. It's not just about you knowing how to do that. You need We need someone who can make it like step-by-step idiot. <laughs> yeah, spoon-fed. Yeah, because we are, we are not literate in this stuff at all but but in any case we'll still play our games uh, and record them we've got last week's recorded as well so we'll get those uploaded to youtube soon enough then the birthday bash is taking place on saturday yep so that would have happened by the time this is comes out on the monday after indeed it will yep so looking forward to that single affiliation casual event taking place online Right now, I'll say looking forward to seeing some of you there, but as a time of listening to this, I suppose what I should be saying is it was great to play with with you all again. <laughs> is it on the team yet? No, I haven't. I'm down to two that I'm kind of like, it's going to be one of these, I think, but there's sort of a third on the periphery that's playing on my mind. Ooh. I'll be playing my Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. team, which is fun to play, but it's not particularly potent, so... I hope you've enjoyed beating me. <laughs> it won't happen again. I don't think mine are all that hard. Uh, the first team I made was was like a X Men single affiliation. I went straight in, straight in for the jugular, and then yeah. I, I messaged, messaged you didn't I, and said, "I think um, in the spirit of an MOD PDM, um, the big noise we made about come on, let's just make it a fun casual thing. I probably need to put that down. <laughs> yeah. Put it away. Put it in the shredder." Yeah, absolutely. I'll keep the team though for a future use, but yeah, it was it was pretty grim. Uh, so yeah, that, that you know that'll fill up my days. I think I might be getting together with our man Ben as well at some point over the next few nights. Ben, uh, Ben Scott. Well, but he lives in Canada. Oh yeah, over online. Oh, yeah. On the internet. Recently, Ooh. I think Ben's getting. Once, although why he comes to me to play, play test I don't know I say this to him all the time it's like why, why me I, I won't give you any kind of real appreciation as to what you might may or may, <laughs> may not be facing I don't for a start I said uh, when I messaged him I was like do you need me to put streak on my teams you know to make it as realistic as possible <laughs> <laughs> so that's all that what what's going to be happening what in terms of what has been happening the I was helping out James with the dice fight Oh yeah, you've done that last couple of weeks whilst yeah. he's been holidaying it up. Yeah, I didn't play, but I just kind of did the legwork for him. That kept me busy. Uh, and we've been continuing our exclusion league down at Element Games. How's that getting on? Anything exciting been excluded? 
Um, yeah, I mean, some of, some of the you could probably predict some of the big stuffs off the list now. We're starting to struggle. Uh, in fact, it's not so much win conditions. Where we're starting to feel the pain now is all the prep globals have gone, the Cree captains have gone. You know, mm. <laughs> Atlas res. We're running out of uh, rampy basic actions and stuff like that. It t- it's that stuff that's sort of disappearing. So it's not too hard to find win conditions. Duncan played a blinder on Tuesday night. He had uh, the most, honestly, the most oppressive control team. I was so impressed. I was like, that's not like you, Duncan. That's sort of you'd expect me to make. Using Black Cat that stops you from fielding level three. Mm. Then he had Triceratops that deals its attack to level one characters when they're fielded, and and like miraculously kept rolling it on level three when he played me. And then he had the the one cost Cobalt. I think it's the Cobalt trap, where when your opponent fields a level two character, you can grab a two cost character of level two or less and pull it straight in the field. So every time you field something, something triggers. <laughs> yes. Can't field level three. Your character's going to die, pretty much die straight away if you field level one. And if you field level two, you've just given him a free dice. <laughs> nice. Yeah, it was. Uh, and, and his two cost dice, as you can imagine, were all like dum dum that gets bigger with sidekicks and stuff, you know. Uh, and then he just kept throwing truces. You know, KO in two of his, KO in two of mine, but it was harder for me to refield because. <laughs> <laughs> it was just a nightmare. Now, by his own admission, in a normal modern meta, that wouldn't work. But because so much stuff has started disappearing and some of the good control pieces are going as well on the ban list, he was able to pull off something really nasty and janky. Very cool. Yeah. Very impressed. So there you go. So there's my coming up and there's my just gone. Yeah. What about you, mate? You've been up to much? Not really, not really. We've we tried out single affiliation last week. That should be going up on the YouTube's at some point. Uh, we're going to do that again tonight. We've been playing a lot of Apex. They just did another update. Oh yeah, the solo mode and yeah, I had a one go at solo thing. Yeah. got to jump through a hoop or something. Jump through a hoop and then you got to kill five people in that little area, right. which is fun, which is very very cool. Uh, put in some hours. I'm just starting to see some improvement in my gameplay, which is like what seven months, eight months after it, it came out. So <laughs> very good. Sl- slowly getting there. That's been fun. I, I did one game of solos, hid for the best part of the whole game and then when I popped me head out I died but I came like top three <laughs> which was amazing because my, oh, my hiding skills are uh, immense um, <laughs> very good yeah, so that's been been about it I've been alone this week because the family were away didn't do any of my chores and sat around playing on PlayStation sounds like heaven yeah it's been quite good very good okay uh well we've got a few ministry of dice related announcements to make should we get those done yeah let's do that yeah so first one is that the podcast is now available on spotify um so if you're a spotify user and you'd like to uh, they've opened up the spotify podcasting on spotify whatever it's called to uh, international submissions now so we've gone live with that just this week um so if that's your preferred listening thing then go check us out on there and then we also just the other day had a little sneak peek spoiler card uh, on the blog over at britroller6.com uh, that was kind of for kind your of, birthday for my birthday that's right yeah jimmy uh, just out the blue so here you go here's a little birthday present for you 
Here's a sneak peek at one of the cards that's going to be in the preview draft at Worlds. So go go and take a look. Um, it, I think it's particularly interesting for a number of reasons. It's going to be the Infinity Gauntlet set um, that they're using. Uh, it's got an interesting game text on it and stuff, and the artwork is pretty cool too. I'm so jealous of that. I know. Tell me about it, man. Oh, they've he's, they've had all the uh, all the uh, X Men animated series promo cards up on Facebook, haven't they? Yeah, they just look look very cool. Very, very, very jealous. I want those like preview cards. I want those promos. Grr. Yeah, I don't know what to tell you, man. I've kind of just let it go, come to some acceptance. I've got my fingers crossed that someone who's friendly with the podcast is going to win multiple copies of everything and we can come to some arrangement. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, you know, I've got to say, in uh, in North America's defence, while WizKids haven't been so hot at kind of giving us prizing support and helping us out over here, there are definitely uh, a number of individuals, and you all know who you are, who have gone out of their way uh, very kindly to, to help European fans over here get their hands on stuff and, and share, you know, share the wealth. And we're very grateful for it. Thank you indeed very much. Indeed we are. Yeah, indeed we are. So, yeah, there you go. A couple of announcements there. Go check out the blog and uh, check us out on Spotify. And on YouTube. And subscribe. Yeah, like and subscribe on YouTube. Catch the Cookers is up to 71. We've grown by <laughs> three viewers. <laughs> <laughs> Since we went up, slowly, slowly catch you, monkey. Mm. Although the podcast is up to date on YouTube now as well, for anyone who likes to yeah. listen to us through YouTube. Getting there, so nine hundred and thirty to go until we can get up to our income generating figure. <laughs> yeah, I can't wait to make it rain with a thousand viewers. Yeah. You know, share the wealth if you like what we do and you want us to do more of it subscribe watch it all and then we can make some money off it we won't have to go to work anymore we'll just do more of this stuff indeed nice catch well done you <laughs> no problem save that beep yeah <laughs> <laughs> right then let's get on with the show so what we got coming up we got a bit of a chat about uh, some campaign box stuff uh, it's a bit quiet at the minute so we've just kind of revisited an old segment where we do a bit of a compare and contrast in the aim of the game today is to decide which is the better campaign box the justice campaign box or the x-men forever campaign box and accompanying team packs so uh, just one kind of solid lengthier segment for you this time around uh, and then towards the back end a bit of silly fun a bit of a game for you all to play guess yes. guess the subtitles we'll explain yeah. when we get to it yeah we'll be good. yeah, yeah. We'll be more dice masters than usual on our dice masters podcast yeah tell me about yes. it though. people will probably tune out what are they talking about? I didn't even listen for this game. Yeah. What's this game? Someone genuinely said to me the other day uh, on Discord, I was like, oh yeah, I was talking about that on the podcast the other week. And they're like, oh, were you? I don't listen to the podcast for that stuff. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, all right, okay, well, there you go. Well, that whole combo you're talking about there, I walked through it in a full 20-minute segment. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, so I don't think there's anything else at this stage. Should we just get on with the uh, get on with the big one. Yeah, enjoy. Okay, yeah, enjoy. 
Welcome back, folks. And for this next segment, now we're gonna we're gonna do a classic MOD face-off. Um, so we've not done one of these for a little while, but we're gonna take two sort of competing elements of Dice Masters, have a bit of a debate around which is the stronger, and decide which is the winner of the two. And I think the last time we did it, we looked at modern and golden and sort of compared alternatives in the two spaces, didn't we? Yes, we did. But this yeah. time we are bringing it bang up to date. That's right, yeah. So this time around, we're going to face off between the Justice campaign set and the X-Men Forever campaign set. To be clear, we're including the team packs with those, aren't we? We are indeed, but certainly uh, a good reference if you are thinking of dipping your toe into Dice Masters, you're wondering which uh, set to invest in first, or if you're just thinking of getting one, uh, then hopefully we can help you with that. Yes, absolutely. So if you're a new player or, you know, even if you're a long-standing player, you might find something of interest in this. I know it's a debate that kind of crops up every now and again on the old social medias, isn't it? Someone's saying, which campaign box should I buy? I can only mm. afford one at the minute. And you get kind of two sides of it. So we're going to try and get under the skin of that a little bit more. In-depth analysis. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, just like last time, we've taken some kind of archetypal game texts or uh, team functions, things that the cards do that are integral to your teams and, and kind of compare them off to see which one fares better. And by the conclusion of this segment, I suppose we'll have a MOD recommendation as to which we believe is the better of the campaign sets. Yeah, or we might just sit on the fence. Uh, who knows? <laughs> <laughs> we certainly don't at this point. Right, so what should we start off with first? Uh, what should we start off with like the fundamental ramp? Let's do it. Yes, my yeah. favourite. Absolutely. Purchasing power is, is of vital importance. And So let's take a look at which of the two campaign box has more to offer if you're looking for ramp solutions. So where, where should we begin? Let's start. Should we do Justice and then compare it to X-Men? Yeah, okay. Justice. Cool. Well, my, my favourite is the basic action Power Almighty. Yeah, for sure. You've definitely been playing around with that one a lot lately. Love uh, it. Well, I mean, it's got it's got two advantages really this the so power almighty spins all your dice up one level uh, and any dice that can't spin up because they're at level three you get to prep a die for which in your mid to late game can be insane in terms of churning your bag can't it yeah especially where i like to have a lot of characters in the field big fan of sidekicks as well big fan of sidekicks can always roll a couple of sidekicks a turn uh but yeah i mean it gives you two factors you you're cycling your dice up a level so you're getting the big faces out so potentially you can build it for free and then put it up to its more expensive faces saving you a bit there so yeah big fan of that big yeah. fan of that and then yeah. there's the more well-known investigation yes you know, similar but instead of prepping you, you roll it and i've spoken about it before it's you know it, it, it can put your your opponent on the back foot if you're buying something and then potentially you're getting it in the field, rolling it and fielding it that turn. Yeah. And that's exactly what that can do. Yeah, absolutely. An investigation at a three cost as well is quite nice, isn't it? Yeah. 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 So I played around with Power Almighty, and what I struggle with is the four cost sometimes. Yeah, you want to make that investment early mm. to make it worth its while, definitely. You want to spend that four maybe on your, your second turn, and so you're starting to get a few sidekicks out and getting the benefit sure speaking of uh, reprinted stuff the justice set has got the atlantis global which is a reprint of the old star uh, labs star labs yeah uh, and this is a fist, fist and a shield to prep a sidekick and field a sidekick 
and again, that the prep is obviously helpful in terms of ramping up, but the fielding of sidekick is also useful for kind of clearing, thinning that bag out, getting your churn so you can get to your, your meatier stuff quicker. Um, so the Atlantis Global, I think, is a nice little, if you can afford the two, is a nice little additional piece, especially if you're... It, <laughs> Like if you've got a sidekick-centric team, it gives you the sidekick, but also a little bit of prep too, for example. Yeah, definitely. If you've got a energy fixer, you could potentially get another bit of energy that specific turn, yeah. or at least hold it over for the next one. So yeah, good choice. There's also the Atlantis that you can use. Yes. To draw and roll two dice when you field a sidekick, which uh, I've tried Mm. in our last stream which would have been a few weeks ago now when this comes on air but that's cracking if it if it if it comes off yeah the dreaded fish what's that what, who was it that he played with the fish jesco jesco's jesco's fish yeah jesco's fish yeah that's right yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so um, good options mostly actions though have we got any uh, well, there's some characters that give kind of discounts, but they're very situational. They're, they're kind of they're quite tribal inside the set. So you've got Aquaman, which discounts the field uh, purchase costs of Justice League characters. And then you've got the Batman, who reduces the, I want to say, the fielding cost of Justice League characters. Yeah, yeah, I think so. Yeah, so there's a bit of stuff there. I don't think, memory is failing me right now, but I don't think there's anything that helps the kind of villain side very well. Oh, I tell you what, there is though. Um, Clayface Global. Oh, that's a big one to miss. Yeah, that's you know basically double your money. Yeah. If you're unaware, you, just the global is pay a mask to move any dice in your use pile to any energy face and put it in your, your reserve pool. That's right. Yeah. It's not worded like that, but that's basically what it does. Yeah. So you can buy it to your cost uh, a character. Use a mask and then bring it in on its two energy face. Yeah, just give you a little a little boost, and also the fact that you, you can that you can target what energy type you get there as well, which I think is really super useful. Yeah, so you could potentially trade a, a mask for a question mark. Yeah, worst sure. case. Yeah, I, I've definitely used it in the past um, in my collector Nobby team when I rolled a fist. You know, and I've just swapped out the mask for a fist. So it's like for like energy wise, but it's the right type of energy. Right. But we're talking specifically about using it to ramp up. So pay one, get two energy. It's just you know, doubling your money, isn't it? It is. Yeah. So I can't, I can't really think of anything else beyond that, but that's a pretty, pretty hefty list. Yeah, it's pretty substantial. It's going to need some heating. So X-Men Forever then. I'm just sat here thinking, I'm, I'm not sure. I've got a feeling already that X-Men Forever is not going to quite come out as well so one i've used one rampy kind of piece i've used recently in the x-men forever stuff is the counter-strike global yes which is pay one prep a sidekick from used uh yeah exactly that yeah so it's one generic which is nice you're just clearing your use pile down a little bit again to get through to the nicer juicier dice and um, but also you got an extra dice then to roll the next turn it's like a baby hxg Speaking of HXG... Oh, yes, actually, that's a very good point, yeah. We've got XMF PXG. That's right, yeah, so basically a replication of the Heimdall. I'm not on board with Heimdall and this new Professor X, though. No, no, I'll admit, I've played around with it. I suppose we're quite used to having a prep global. Yeah. And it doesn't play well with prep globals, or if it does, it's bloody complicated. Yeah, and we've, we've, we're not... <laughs> we've not cracked that. Yeah, so... 
just to kind of clarify for the listeners, what we're talking about there is that when you come to pay your mask to move two sidekicks out of the use pile into prep, because we're using prep globals all the time or, or, or churny stuff to get through the bag quicker, there's never any sidekicks in the use pile waiting to come through. No, and with the old PXG where you could use it as many times as you want, less much of an issue because you just move all those sidekicks out of the way. And usually, if you've done your your maths right, whatever you've got in your use pile is coming straight out anyway. But yeah. when you're just doing one, it fudges that all up. I, I I've not been able to kind of put the right kind of system in place yet. And there there probably is a system out there that uh, is to be cracked, but uh, that will take a better mind than mine. Yeah, but it but it's there nonetheless as a rampy journey kind of thing. Yeah. Um, uh, like like uh, the Batman and Aquaman injustice, you've got Cyclops who makes purchase costs of X Men cheaper, um, which uh, again is quite tribal, but it's there for the use with you know the affiliation, the X Men affiliation yeah. that's heavily present. Uh, and the only other thing I can think of is uh, in the Energize in the X Force team pack, there's uh, an Energize magic that when she rolls on double energy, you prep a die. Yeah, which is it's as good as a prep. Yes. Uh, I wonder how many times you get to roll it, though. Yeah, it's, it's, it's four cost as well. Really? Oof. Yeah, so paying a four cost for one prep, when you could, like, for example, pay a four cost for a Power Almighty. Yeah, no-brainer. Doesn't quite add up to me. So I think the Justice campaign set has got the edge on the ramp. I have to agree. No two ways about it. Okay, one, yeah. one nil to Justice there, then. Uh, cracking on. <laughs> well, yeah, <laughs> Round of applause. Round of applause. Cracking on. Let's uh, let's talk about the spammy stuff then. The spam. <laughs> yeah, your your most favourite of all the archetypal card types. So for for anyone who's a bit uncertain, when we're talking spam, we're talking about like repeato, direct damagey stuff, overpowered stuff, stuff, <laughs> stuff that you're going to see in national tournaments, stuff that's very powerful, yet some could argue quite boring yeah yeah I'd, I'd argue that especially with the examples that we've got which all seem very 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 direct damaging yeah sure i mean i think that's why my headspace was in that area so yeah. uh we'll start with x-men this time shall we let's do it so the, the obvious ones that immediately spring to my mind in x-men is the iceman Iceman. Which is the, I can't remember his subtitle, this one, but it's the re, basically the reprint of Nova from AVX. When he takes damage in the attack phase, does your opponent two points of damage. There's the Energized Domino, which is pretty kind of repeato spammy. Yeah. Although I don't know how overpowered that is, but it definitely feels a bit kind of spammy, pingy, annoying. And then there's the Jubilee that um, myself and a few others around the community have been playing around with, the one that does damage for the other attacking Bolt dice along with it. Yeah, I've seen some people theory it out. I've not seen it in action, but deal one damage to your opponent for each other attacking bolt character die. It's a three cost. Mm. So what? It's a max five. So if if you were to get five out, that's twenty five damage, you know. Five jubilees, boom. Yeah, that's right. Mental. Um, I, I think you're talking pros and cons comparing it to what we're about to look at in justice. I think the fact that these are uh, certainly Iceman and Jubilee, putting Domino aside for one set, because it's in the attack phase, there's a, a lot of opportunity for your opponents to get in the way and interfere with those. Yeah. Blasting it out of the way. Yeah. Taking it out of the picture. So things like uh, pinging it with magic missile. Yeah. It's, it's just that there's a global yeah, you, window in there that's... Uh, you know, yeah. One quick... Um, what's the... Um, 
I keep confusing it. I want to say Splinter's teachings, but I don't think it is. Uh, oh, a Bizarro's uh, a Bizarro global quick switch to the attack and defense on Iceman. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Flip him and blast him. Yeah, and most Iceman teams are bringing an unstable canister or a magic missile, so you can just if you save up the bolts, you can just slap him before the attack phase. So your opponent's got limited amount of damage capacity there before they KO him. But yeah, I mean, it's, it, should we put the, uh, the 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 two together? So we've obviously got Iceman. What we're thinking from X X Men is no, that is X Men from Justice is Atom. Well, the Atom, yeah, yeah, very big. It's been with energy field it's a rata yeah it's been slowed a bit i think we said last episode you know will it stop it or is it going to still be a, a uanti yeah yeah i mean we've we've called things out before and found that you know an errata or a ban hasn't quite slowed it down as much as we anticipated so time will tell on that one i think the distinction here is that atom it's a main step thing where you've got a lot more control you can get your stuff done before you pass priority over to your opponents or anything that they want to do to get in the way can't happen until you you've finished doing your business yeah so in that respect is a bit stronger uh, i mean costing wise are the same purchase costs aren't they They're both four mm-hmm. yeah I tell you one other sort of sort of spammy thing that I think is starting to pick up a bit of pace in the Justice set as well is the that uh, the Green Lantern the kind of lantern ringy one. Yeah, which is it only affects Justice League characters. Is that yeah, right? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, and it's the energy in the reserve pool that matches their energy when they attack. They do the damage compared. So it's it's certainly not as powerful as lantern ring limited only by imagination sure but it's still got some potential to be pretty bad yeah absolutely yeah i mean you you think you've got the aquaman and batman that we've referenced earlier for ramp Mm. you get those out atom power almighty because what you are not atom sorry uh the Green Lantern, that's the one, the one that I was speaking about. You need to get the you need to get the energy in the reserve pool. So that's really the the power almighty to get it all prepped up next then you're rolling a big load of dice. You want to get more the more you've got in your reserve pool when you attack, the more damage you're gonna do. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I'm sat here, um I, I, it's a struggle. I'm not sure who who I who I would give this one to. I think I'm leaning just a little bit more towards justice. Atom over Iceman, just yeah. because of the, the the main phase versus the attack phase. A bit like harking back to golden years of Beholder and Ultraman. Yes, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Beholder in the attack step, Ultraman in the main step. That was a big advantage for that one. So, yeah, Justice League again. All right. Yeah. Well, there you go. Justice set gets is at uh, was that now two nil. Two nil. Right. Well, I suppose the next kind of archetypal thing is what what's what's in these boxes to suit the aggro-y players or the spiky folk who like big punchy things. I say just bit. It's not always just big punchy things, is it? It's, it could be the quick and deadly as well. Yeah. Uh, we'll start with the justice set this time. One card immediately springs to mind for me uh, that kind of sits in the aggro-y punchy space, and that's the parasite Maxwell Jensen. Yeah. Nasty. Two yeah. costs. Adds his attack and defense onto another attacking character. Very mean. Yeah, absolutely. He's not. He's not necessarily the aggro piece himself, I suppose. But we, we've seen him used so heavily in that aggro context with your your unblockable your antis, your unblockable ant men, your unblockable pox walkers. You know, 
cheap, quick, dirty, fast, in your face, five, six, seven point hit, like, whoa, I'm at half life already kind of thing. And he's a, he's a big part of that strategy. So um, he immediately springs to my mind. Yeah, and for the investment of two to buy him, maximum two to field him, you can sit in the field zone. Your opponent has to do something about him. If not, every time something you know something else attacks, it's going to have an extra two, three, if you've got buffs or whatever else, potentially more, onto that attack, making something pretty you know flaky into something a bit more of a puncher. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, that, that's a big in the plus column for, as far as we're concerned with the justice box. Uh, one thing that jumped into my mind thinking about aggro, I'm, I'm just thinking uh, some some part of this was thinking about the way that you play and some of the cards that have caught your eye recently because I consider you quite a spiky aggro guy. And that strike gorilla grod. Love him. <laughs> it's not just the strike, it's the call out as well. Yeah. Played well. I mean, I, you could potentially put him in a, a number of, of different camps. I really liked him with when I played around with him and the collector because strike only works uh, when he's the only one fielded. That's right. Yeah. So you get the collector out and then use the, the abundance of energy you have uh, to invest in gorilla product. Uh, he's a six, isn't he? This one. So like yeah. four, you pay four, you field him and then you throw him straight down the gullet of your opponent. You get to call out who he's against. He gets plus two and overcrush. Mm. and um, you can Leap. do a load of damage and then put him back ready to go next turn it's cool but yeah even, even if you buy him yeah it's just a question of timing isn't it yeah you field him on its own and he's get the plus two it's plus two attack plus two defence and overcrush yeah uh, and then even if you know he does you know he bounces off a sidekick because you can pick the sidekick do the abundance of damage put him back in the field suddenly he's got call outs every time if there's a shriek or the menagerie of other control pieces or things that might be getting in your way. Yeah. Attack. Just call out whatever you want to get rid of. At least then your opponent's going to have to re-roll it next turn, and there's that opportunity that it's going to get missed and go into the use pile and through the bag. Mm. Yeah, I've been on the receiving end of it. I don't like it. (laughs) 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 Or didn't like it at the time. Uh, So another big plus, I think, in the column there. Uh, I mean, Justice has got quite a lot of big beat sticks. There's a fair fair number of the kind of strikey things going on, but the Gorilla Grodd is the one that stand out. Uh, Black Canary, the one uh, unblockable with villains. Oh, yeah, we've seen that used well by JT and Canada Nats. Yeah, it was also Arge's pivot at World, uh, US Nats, sorry. Yeah. So, But I suppose... In the terms of self-contained, here's a great card for you to use. Uh, it does rely very heavily on the danger room or some form of kind of villain maker, doesn't it? But still can get a, a very heavy, punchy, in-your-face thing going on. Um, and I tell you what else I was thinking about, Justice, when I was just mulling this over early on tonight. I played around a little bit. Uh, again, this was on the stream when we were playing around with the Justice. We were doing sort of villains versus heroes. The Hawkman that, that just gets buffed up by all the other Justice League characters. Yeah, he gets big quick. Yeah, and I, ca- I kind of liked him in the sense of um, like Justice League traditionally has not been a very fighty, sort of punchy affiliation. It was always about retaliation and stuff, wasn't it, in the early days? Or yeah. quite defensive and controlly, like uh, the Justice League Wonder Women were always are always popular, aren't they? But this guy, when paired up with the green arrow that does a board clear, he's got a big area of effect when fielded, does damage equal to the number of justice league characters it's like smash him down clear the field and walk over with these massive hawk hawk men 
he's not that expensive either, is he? No, 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 not at all. Uh, th- three cost? Three, I want to say three. That's uh, Double check, yeah. Yeah, check to see if that's right. But really good. I really liked him, I think, because I was playing the uh, the Justice League, wasn't it? After, I mean, I'd never really heard of Hawkman before, but uh, I liked him after. Yeah, very true to the character as well. He is kind of, uh, well, one version of the character, uh, particularly, is sort of very brute force carries a big, fat, spiky mace, you know, just goes around mashing villains' heads in, you know what I mean? Uh, yeah, three cost. Yeah, so not even really that expensive, nice. yeah. Yeah, especially when you, you put you an Aquaman out with yeah. things like the Batman and the Aquaman, which is going to be your quick purchases for the rest of your team. There's two straight away. It's going to give him a buff. Yeah, uh, and you know if you've got that green lantern, he's also they're, they're also ones there ready to attack and do some damage with that with the green arrow as well. Yeah, some strong pieces uh, in a themed team, which yeah. is unusual for dice masters yeah but nice really <laughs> nice really nice to see yeah absolutely whereas on the other hand the x-men forever stuff i don't know it just doesn't leap into my head i don't f- i'm not feeling it as a aggro-y type of set there are, but there is one or two cards that spring to mind so there's uh, the deadpool when he's blocked he gets plus three and overcrush four cost i don't know that we've seen people do much with that just yet but it's got potential um, I tell you, uh, one that Duncan has been using quite a lot lately is the Black Tom Cassidy, the one that's got fast and call out. Nice. Yeah. Pick your target, buy he buy. Yeah, boom, and he just gets it in the field and just relentlessly attacks with it every turn, just <laughs> just killing something every go, um, which is which is nasty enough. And he's got uh, an attack of four and five, I think, off the top of my head. Um, so a lot of those pieces that you kind of want to just camp in the field and, and use like controlling pieces and stuff, he's just smashing it out. Um, there's a Mystique that caught your eye, wasn't there? Um, yeah, Mystique coming back again. Is that that re- Did you get that reference? No, I didn't. It's like the band Mystique. Who are they? What was their song? Well, have you never heard of Mystique? I don't think so. Give me what's what's it was, like it was Alicia Dixon, was it? Um, are they like an X Factory sort of thing? No, they were before X Factor. She was really? the lead. She was the lead singer slash rapper. There's <laughs> your homework. All right, yeah, I'll have a look into that. Have a look into it, and in the intro, we can talk about it. It make no sense because the intro will be before this. <laughs> but it should all fall into place about now. Anyway, um, yes, yeah. we, we spoke about a few of them because they're all pretty decent. Her stats are horrible. Yeah. But our abilities is well good. Yeah, she gets mad buffs. Mad buffs in it. In it. Uh, we were debating over two. There are two, actually, we should talk about. The first one, the Brotherhood of Her Own, uh, where she gets plus two attack, plus two defense for each different active non-mystic um, non-mystic Brotherhood of Evil Mutants character yeah. uh, on both sides. So pretty decent if you've got a Brotherhood of Evil Mutants team yeah. or a few of those. Yeah, I was going to say particularly good inset. Yeah. yeah. However, the one that uh, that caught our eye was uh, Oh Bitter Victory. Can't say I've seen this used much, but she gets plus one attack and plus one defense for each other character die in the field zone. Mm. which could be humongous yeah a lot of potential on that one yeah you think that people are loving the Cree captain that gets plus one attack plus one defense for each other villain 
yeah with with villain teams uh, and how quickly that can buff up for me admittedly his stats you know he's got the three attack on all three faces that's what two sidekicks and you're, you're up to three uh, and it's on both sides as well I could decimate my team because I always like to fill up the, you know fill up with with characters and then suddenly with that coming over at me it's going to be horrible four costs so not the cheapest thing to buy but if you're using like some of the stuff we've mentioned about kind of ramping and churning uh, you could potentially have that uh, looking very nasty you just yeah. don't want a top face because it's a uh, two fielding cost for a one one <laughs> yeah that's pretty painful but like you say uh, you know i'm thinking in a themey format or a casual format where walls are a bit more common you know yeah she could be enormous and horrible yeah she could be enormous you need to try and find a way of getting her attacks through because obviously the more in because obviously you count in both fields so you, the more in the field the bigger she's going to get but you want to try and get her through something like a old school dimension door yeah, sure. Get or um, haymaker or something. Quick instant war to get three sidekicks in your field and three sidekicks in your opponent's field. Super quick, right? That's plus six, plus six to my yeah. mystique. You know that could happen very quickly and and horribly. Yeah. Uh, so uh, yeah, the mystiques are one that I think we'll definitely be playing around with on a on a on a stream. Yeah, near you soon. With Spider Spider Man or a Madam Web. Yeah, oh, where they've got to uh, block your sidekicks first, or Madame Web will take everything else away. Yeah, that could be some quick and brutal damage. Yeah, that's that's actually really gross now that I think about it. Yeah, yeah, I know. And I'm not looking forward to it because you're more likely to build the team around it before me. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, yeah, that's about everything in aggro that I can think of. I mean, I'm sure there's more besides, and I'm happy uh, by all means, folks, get in touch, give us a shout, say, oh, what about this? You've got yeah. about this. Um, uh, we love hearing from you guys with suggestions and stuff, but uh, this is a tough one. I, I don't know where I fall down on the aggro, really. Um, this is certainly, there are pieces there that would work with other things in both sides. It's There's no, for example, there's no Guy Gardner. You, you get him out, you throw him out. I can't think there's anything particularly that wor- works just as one piece. No, yeah. Uh, I, I, I'd say draw. A draw. Yeah, I'm comfortable with that. Let's go with that. Um, So that puts uh, Justice on three and the X-Men Forever on one. Right, we need to... We're getting a bit kingpin on this. We need to rattle through a little bit more now. No, Uh, frauds. But uh, the janky stuff is next on the list. We probably really save probably save the bigger conversation for too far down in the segment, but um, X Men Forever will start there. I mean, there's loads of janky stuff going on in X Men Forever that's really eye catching. Um, uh, immediately, I can think of Hope Summers, Pluripotent Exopraxia. Echo yeah, this, this is your cup of tea, isn't it? You've had loads of leagues cards that we're going to speak about on your team. Hope, yeah, crazy. Yeah, three costs that can copy a seven cost. You don't have to purchase it. I'm thinking, obviously, Colossus, but... Yeah, um, so my my, uh, my Global Escalation team with Colossus in it um, is, is going to go... Yeah, uh, there's, there's, there's a horrendous amount of strong, high-cost, even not-so-high-cost X-Men cards, especially if we start kind of going into Golden. Yeah, it's mental. It's mental. 
crazy yeah so she yeah. sits well in there definitely you've got all the corrupt stuff in the dark x-men team pack which i don't know if anyone it's certainly being used a lot with paired up with things like tabaxi rogue but um i think there's some janky goings on there that someone's going to play around with and, and produce something uh, i put danny moonstar on my list that little two costa one that just gives your opponent those really tough choices she does um makes your opponent re-roll the blocker so it's let her through take two or take the chance of re-rolling your blocker and taking two <laughs> <laughs> and she pairs up great with stuff like doom lance you know yeah yeah, that's, that's a good shout. Uh, Mimic, although we debated whether that was jank or control. Yeah, yeah, sure. So this is flying, blasting, slashing that you're talking about there, isn't it? So he's got, he's got a massive wall of text. I know, right? But the, long and the short of it is field him. You both roll the, the targeted character and the Mimic. If they're, one of them rolls energy, they're both KO'd. If they both roll character face, your Mimic copies, KOs and then copies the dice that that was targeted so you can you can basically remove your opponent's win condition and then take it for yourself for your turn <laughs> it's horrible yeah so worst case scenario you've removed removed something best case scenario you've removed it and robbed it brilliant <laughs> <laughs> i've been playing around with that one a lot lately and i know he's caught the eye of many many others speaking about i don't know if this is janky maybe or control but the toad that you select an affiliation and then all dice of that affiliation must attack every turn I've had some pain with him lately down my FLGS. Yeah, in, in a single affiliation team, if you've got an X-Men team, that's... Um, ugh. Oh, <laughs> you yeah. Know? You know, you imagine a single affiliation as as a rule is a bit more you know, slower, fun, build up some combos and some bits. Yeah. And then you just lose your whole team every time. Because you, you, you want you know, you field one bit, then you want the next bit to come out. And each time you're just going to end up with losing it. It's, yeah, I don't like the sound of that. No, actually, that's one to be... need to put some thought into him appearing on the 17th. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. okay. Yeah, that's some lovely janky stuff in the X-Men Forever side. Uh, but let's not dismiss Justice. There's loads of great janky stuff going on there, too. So uh, one, one that I played around with and I'm a big fan of is the Yellow Lantern Ring. Yeah. Um, which is a it does a kind of force block thing and then makes your opponent re-roll their dice and doesn't damage for any that roll on energy face which i think is lovely and it's stackable as well so you know you get through one re-roll you gotta go again yeah 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 <laughs> fun times so uh, mm. that's totally crazy and a three cost action which you can just kind of rotate around like a mm. maniac uh, so that's nice and janky poison ivy global that we saw jt use at the canadian nationals that's a standout piece of jank and it just so pay two masks to do something. Remove a dice from a card. Ugh, yeah. Yeah. I'm surprised you haven't, I haven't seen you play around with that more. Uh, yeah, it's the two cost of it that that um, sits with me as a bit bit painful. Mm. Um, but still, loads of janky fun you can have with that. Uh, the Riddler that the does damage when your opponent re-rolls. Yeah, it's supposed to be coupled with the Yellow Lantern Ring. Yes, yeah, absolutely. So that's uh, that's a nice janky piece. And then I put Doomlance on here, but I'm doubting Doomlance is actually from this set. <laughs> Which set is <laughs> Doomlance from? Uh, I think it is, isn't it? I thought it was Justice. Yeah, it is Justice. It's all right. It's me. Yeah. Losing my way. 
that's got lots of text, isn't it? I have to admit, I, I know that people have talked about it, but I see all the text. And I'm like, mm. <laughs> nah, I ain't got time for that. <laughs> yeah, just give me strike. Plus two, plus two, and overcrush. Overcrush, yeah, nice and easy. <laughs> so, Doom Lance, choose one of your active character dice, other only that character die may attack this turn. All opposing character dice must block this turn if able. When an opposing character dies to KO, this time the controller loses one life. So, yeah. That'd be quite good with the Gorilla Grod, really, wouldn't it? it yeah, it would. Absolutely would. Right. Well, let's, let's, let's have a think. So we've done um, Jank on both. Who's, who's the best for Janky? I reckon that um, Hope Summers and Mimic are uh, certainly... Yeah. Top, top tier jankers. Yeah, let's let's give this one to X Men Forever set. Yeah. Yeah, let's give it to X Men Forever. So that now puts it at three, three two. two. Yeah. All right. And then finally, the control stuff. If you if you like a bit of control play, which is the set for you. Um, now I don't think particularly from either set there's been much in the way of a, a like standout control piece that you know not like Shriek or. Dwarf Wizard has been in the past, or Oracle Master Investigator, or something. No. Uh, but if we start with the Justice set, um, there's a lot of kind of obscure villains that do a little something that might be nice. You've got like the Brainiac that stops repeat versions of characters attacking, which is quite nice control mm. if you if you're facing a Batman with four sidekicks kind of thing. There's the Lex Luthor that stops your opponent buying more than one action and one character a turn which I suppose back in the days of Yuanti might have been quite nice, but then yeah. obviously that got put to bed. Static Field Global, classic favourite. Uh, yeah. Pain yeah, Mass yeah. to push back an attacker. That's that's nice and controlly. Uh, I didn't know whether this was control or ramp, but I put it on my... Uh, sorry, control or jank, but I put it on my control list. Phantom Stranger that I was messing around with with the Mystics team a couple of weeks back. Yeah, no, that's really annoying. That is very controlling. Yeah, doing so when a, an opponent's dice attacks, it does one damage to all all other dice in their field. So if they attack with two characters, you'll end up doing two damage. Two damage. Yeah, super strong. The other one that you mentioned, Scarecrow. Yeah, well, I thought he was going to be bigger than he than he was, but you know, adding three to the purchase cost, like the new the new Shriek almost. But I don't think he really has made the splash that I thought he might. He's not, but I wonder when rotation does come in. And some of those stronger cards that we return to aren't available anymore, where they will see a prevalence of some of these. Certainly some of the cards that we've mentioned throughout this whole thing may become more prevalent because at the moment there are other, other versions. You, mean, you just mentioned Shriek. You know, that's a go-to for lots of people when they think of control pieces. When that's not available, maybe the go-to will be Scarecrow. So, you know, instead of... I mean, we'll go on to X-Men first class and mention Blob, but you know, when those kind of cards aren't available, maybe Scarecrow will be that one that to try and slow people down and again, their way. Phantom Stranger is well annoying when the uh, WWE set comes out and we may be attacking more with characters. That's going to be a pain in the arse. Um, mm. Yeah, that's a great point. So time will tell on on the on the justice, but I'm not, I'm not feeling quite so great about it. Um, but on the X-Men Forever set, I don't know if you want to talk about some of the ones we debated. Yeah, well, Blob straight away is is strong, but then you know, as he's not as strong as his X Men First Class that yeah. was a certain version. You compare to the one where when Blob is active, your opponent may not purchase or field character dice with printed cost of two energy. Yeah. Why buy that 
where you know why take that when you can take one of the same costs same stats but does it for everything yeah um and then there's the you know, no brainer in it intimidate one which has got a wall of text as well that i'm not going to bother reading but <laughs> maybe something i bother to read when the x-men first class one is, isn't available to you anymore what else you mentioned you, uh, we've got uh polaris that's it, certainly one that i've heard banging around about with globals yeah so you, you can only use one global a turn which i think would have a lot of potential definitely the emma frost that was a my pick of the week a few weeks ago yes uh, that's uh, one. This is um, only one version of the dice can attack or block, if I'm right. So if you've yeah, got right, um, yeah. four sidekicks, only one sidekick can attack, and the same as what well, your opponents, only one of your opponent's sidekicks can attack, and only one of your opponent's sidekicks could block, mm. uh, making that pretty strong. It's a four cost. Uh, I've have, have had it on teams, but I have to admit I've never actually got around to really getting her out. No, an early game purchase, but then you want to try and go for other pieces early. Uh, so to wonder where that would fit in, it's uh, Emma Frost, Mental Mistress, a four cost shield. Uh, if you want, guys want to have a play around with that and let us know what you think. Yeah. Um, any others? Sage, increasing fielding costs is one that I've played around with a little bit lately that can be particularly painful. Certainly just that extra little bit of energy to field your stuff can be very painful for your opponent. Yeah. So, yeah, there's, there's a lot of good stuff in the X-Men. There's a lot of good stuff in Justice. Uh, I'm struggling again, mate. Yeah, um, I, I would have to say that Polaris, I don't know. Well, yeah, I think you might be right. Scarecrow. Polaris, Sage. Then Scarecrow, Phantom Stranger. I'm tempted to tie it. Yeah, let's just tie it. Let's tie it. Cool. So, 4-3 to Justice. 4-3. Justice just squeaks in at the end there with a, a few choice cards taking it through to the top. But uh, it doesn't sound like we've helped anyone make a decision who might be <laughs> wavering on which one to purchase or not. No, no. I suppose it goes out there then if you're a DC fan, if you're a Marvel fan, that's probably going to be your point of entry to, you know, whichever one you prefer better IP-wise. Certainly... I mean, I think that the Justice League team seems to work well together more so much than the X-Men. It just needs a bit more playing around with. Yeah, uh, you might be right. I do, I do definitely feel like I've made more kind of all Justice League villain teams, all Justice League, Justice League teams more so than I have done. Like I felt like the X-Men stuff, I've had to complement with X-Men first class things, you know. Mm. Um, so I think it's more self-contained on the Justice side. Yeah, true. But on the same respect, if you have got older sets or you can get your hands on older sets, there's a lot more X-Men cards out there than Justice League cards. For sure, for sure. Yeah. So you can certainly mix and match a lot more if you can get your hands on an old cheap set of uh, X-Men, un- Uncanny X-Men, etc. Yeah. And, and start to mix around there. But, but both both good sets. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I suppose then, folks, we'll, we'll hand it over to you. Um, we, we've kind of called it pretty close between the two. There's stuff in there that's attractive for all sorts of different types of players. So what have we missed? What stands out to you that we may not have mentioned? Do you agree? Do you disagree? Let us know in the comments on Facebook or head on over to the BritRoller6.com blog and hit some, fill up the comments there with, with suggestions, get into a bit of chat or send us a note, whatever. But I think, yeah, both great sets. The Justice set just kind of squeaks it ever so slightly. Cool. Yeah, cool. I'd be interested to see what you you think. Yeah, cool. Let us know. Real. All right, mate. Well, that's a lengthy one, so should we it get on to the next segment? <laughs> Let's do that nice and quick. Yeah.
Yes, welcome back, folks. And uh, just a short little segment here at the end. We, we know the last that was probably quite a big dominating segment that we've just had there. So if you're still awake and still with us, we've, we've just put something together. And uh, Andy, this one uh, is a bit Q branchy, but it's actually me who's done it. Let's call it like the T branch. The T branch. Yeah. 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 Sorry, I was just contemplating that. T for true, Mister Six. Oh yeah, no, I got that. I just. Uh, okay. The thing I was trying to, do you know what I was doing? I was trying to find a James Bond character that begins with a T. Was what well, that's so that weird that, mo, that weird momentarily momentary piece of silence was me processing. Is there a James Bond? There's a little, little one. TikTok. No, knickknack. That doesn't work. Yeah, that doesn't work. And Jaws. It, no. And the guy, the man with the golden gun, was Scaramanga. Uh, Mr. Scaramanga. Blofeld. Odd job. Anyway, yeah, T T branch. So, uh, and actually, you you inspired this this little kind of uh, solo effort that I've made here. I inspire a lot of things. Well, you do indeed. You're very inspirational, uh, and I did not mean to suggest otherwise. Uh, however, a couple of weeks ago, maybe even last episode, when we were talking, we were talking about catch the cookers. One of the things that was discussed was well, maybe a bit of diversity in our content would be the route to success there. And you mentioned just in passing, like what, like recipes or food stuff. I thought, yeah, let's do some recipes and food stuff. So I have today prepared four food facts, little known foodie facts. Mm. However, and this is the game element, I suppose. This is the, the tea branch piece of it all. Each of these food facts have been inspired by a Dice Masters card subtitle. Okay. So the name of the game, I'll give you the food fact, and then the name of the game is to see whether... Well, I don't know, are you going to try and guess, or do I just put it out there and we'll just see if the listeners can guess? What do you, how do you want to roll with that? Uh, let's put it out to the listeners, and then we'll try and remember next episode to recap on them in the intro. Yeah, okay, cool. That works for me. So I've got four food facts for you, and from these food facts, you guys, just for a bit of fun, just drop it in the Facebook comments or on the on the Brit Roller 6 blog or wherever, tweet me, Discord us, whatever. See if you can pin down which Dice Masters card subtitles have inspired these food facts. Well, before you start, Tatiana Romanova is a fictional character in the 1957 James Bond novel from Russia with Love. Oh, right, okay. So that's, a, that's, a, that's the... One of the two T names. Oh, Alec Trevelyan. That's a T. Alec Trevelyan. Was he? Sean Bean. Oh, I'll tell you that one. Six. One does not die in a helicopter. <laughs> <laughs> he was a Lien's Cossack. For anyone who is a fan of GoldenEye from the N64. Well, no doubt yeah, remember man. that first scene, plotting those bombs. Yeah, played that bad boy to death. Yeah, me too. I, I can't believe we used to play, me and my mates, four-player split-screen. Yeah, <laughs> we did hours of that. It was brilliant. And that little underground t- bunker. Yeah, but on a little tube telly. <laughs> yeah, not, not a big like, screen. Not like now, you know, where I've got a you know a big flat screen on the wall. Crazy. Anyway, but yeah, it was an awesome game. You're absolutely right. Uh, everyone used to want to play Odd Job because he had a smaller hitbox, didn't he? Yes! <laughs> <laughs> and then you got the little uh, thing that made all the heads really big. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's a walk down memory lane. I basically, I basically failed my degree because of GoldenEye. <laughs> yeah. And then a little later, we used to play Time Splitters 2 on the GameCube. Didn't play that one. 
No, very, very similar in style and tone. It was a shoot 'em up in that kind of cartoony style. Anyway, my, um, my foodie facts for you then. Are you ready? I'm ready. Are you ready? So this first one is the hog's head. And the hog's head, little known fact for you here, has appeared as a standalone from as early as the 17th century. Research for an article in the Huffington Post, which, you know, as we all know, is a hugely respected online journalistic effort that speaks nothing but the absolute truth. But they researched for an article they wrote about food, found an English menu from 1682 that described a whole hog's head soused, soused with carrots in the mouth and pendants in the ear with gilded oranges. That sounds very tasty, don't you think? Mm. When was that? 1682? 1682, yeah. Although Hogshead is, is popular worldwide, of course. It it appears in Carolina barbecue and is uh, also an Eastern European delicacy. Nice. Yeah. Dropping facts on y'all. Boom. Okay, so that's number one. Let's see if you can guess which Dice Masters card subtitle inspired that one. The second food fact Are we going to go for the full card? Because we haven't said what the card is. Uh, yeah, go for the full card. Sorry, full it's card. The, it, specifically though, it's the subtitle that is is food related. Is related to that food fact. What's with the United States of America like? Was that even around in 1682? Yeah, must have been like Wild West times. <clears throat> no, the Wild West was late 1800s, mid to late 1800s. Let us know. Yeah, six. The 17th century would have been the Puritans, the maybe Turkey ones. Anyway, yeah. I'm derailing your beautiful segment. It's all right. I'm not sure. I'm already. I've only done one food fact, and I'm already very doubtful about this segment. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm thankful that we've got a big segment with lots of decent Dice Masters content in it. <laughs> uh, but the second food fact, then, this is about chip shops, and uh, this is I drive through a town called uh, Mosley near Oldham on my commute back from work, and they've got a blue pa- plaque in Mosley that states that it had the first ever UK fish and chip shop dated 1863, and it was by an entrepreneur called John Lees. However, this fact is disputed. You know, you're supposed to give me like an ooh there. Dun, dun, dun. Thank you. There we go. Yeah, because some argue that uh, in 1860, an East London businessman called Joseph Malin created the first fish and chip shop so there's like a north-south war going on there about the ownership of the chip shop i mean clearly i lean towards oldham because it's only 20 minutes up the road from me but either way the inspiration for the fish and chip meal here's an interesting fact for you came from the fish frying recipes that were brought into the uk by jewish immigrants from spain and portugal who were trying to escape religious persecution back in the 1500s Hmm. 1500s was the us even around then uh, <laughs> 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 oh my god I, uh, oh now you're testing my you're on your computer google it it's <laughs> more funny to annoy you when did the was it the pilgrims land yeah I mean 1620 right 1620 there you go <laughs> we are in the Weeds. <laughs> deep in the weeds this is probably the worst segment i've ever put together <laughs> but we've got no time to edit anything else so it's going in one way or another food fact number three although this is actually a drink fact now and i'm gonna make it a bit more comic book related so are you aware of the famous iron man storyline uh where it where his alcoholism comes to a head of course. Um, Iron Man issues 120 to 128. I remember uh, and, them well. 
and there's a very famous cover of him in a green jacket with his Iron Man outfit on, looking all dishevelled, and there's a bottle of whiskey on the table. And the bottle of whiskey is called Winston Canadian, which was a, f- a facsimile. It was inspired by Windsor Canadian whiskey, uh, which is a Canadian dry rye whiskey. But then also through that storyline, he can be seen drinking Jack Powers Old Number 7, which is clearly inspired by what, my man? Jack Daniels. Indeed, yeah. He's even got the black JD label on the bottle. Uh, however, what, what's all, even more interesting about this is despite Tony Stark's considerable fortune, those are both relatively low-budget whiskies just available for cheap in the supermarket. Mm. Yeah. So no Johnny Walker Blue for Tony Stark. He just he just you know nipped into Walmart and got himself some Winston Canadian and some Jack Powers. When you're drunk, anything will do with it. Well, sure, yeah, absolutely. There you go. Right, food fact number four. I'm going to speed this up because this is a dreadful segment. Um, shark. I'm going to talk about eating shark now. It's a particularly popular dish in Ireland. They catch a shark called the Greenland shark, and they serve it after going through a fermentation process and then drying it for five months and letting it go rotten. Ugh. Yeah, ugh, indeed. It's called, and here we go, Hakal. yeah absolutely and if anyone's interested you can go to youtube and find loads of youtube videos of people doing the challenge eating the rotten shark and basically vomiting Uh, and it's got a very very pungent smell which is a result of a high ammonia content that's created by the fermentation and rotting process beautiful there you go Four little-known facts smashed right down the Dice Master community throat. We wah, we wah. Mm. So, hold your nose while you're eating it. <laughs> Send us your four cards that you think that Chris was talking about, if you are still listening, and um, uh, we will go through in the next episode, and we'll pick a winner, and I may throw a prize in there if... If, if anyone has got this far through has <laughs> made it this far through <laughs> yeah, yeah. well done I think we'll leave the random cube branchy stuff to you in the future my man I was going to say this is nearly as bad as combo countdown yeah yeah that, that was pretty bad not not at my best there but they can't all be winners can they no, no. alright there we go let's, let's shoot this dog <laughs> <laughs> Well, there we go then, folks. All good things must come to an end, and I'm not sure my usual outro line of all good things come to an end particularly counts this time around. No. No. I mean, I hope you found the food facts somewhat interesting, but, yeah, I think, I think uh, I'm going to repeat myself here and say we'll leave the, the fun Q-branchy segments to you in the future, <laughs> my man. Play to our strengths. I think that's getting a nomination for best segment. <laughs> who knows let's find out oh, yeah, well. <laughs> alright well that brings us to the end of the episode anyway um, we please do head on over to the YouTube page like subscribe click the bell add a comment get your mum to sign up to all that malarkey when's on it what are we doing next we're sort of floundering at the minute we need you know where's kids hurry up and put our UK nuts in then we'll have stuff to talk about and do what are we going to do next uh, find out next episode um, I think well we haven't had a bar for a while so we could probably uh, oh, yeah, hunt you... down a luminary from somewhere to, uh, to to put to the test we we may even have a luminary tentatively lined up Ooh. Oh, so come back and find out who that is you're right it is the bar um, that we've got in our plan although our plan is looking dry and empty right now 
Um, otherwise, you know, uh, correspondence, quick reminder, we, we love getting um, letters and messages from you guys. So if anyone's got a Team Brew suggestion they'd like us to have a crack at, an obscure card that you want us to maybe come up with some combos for, a subject you'd like us to discuss or debate on the podcast or uh, anything really, you know, we're quite happy just to, just to receive correspondence. We particularly like gifts as well, so... Yeah, I do like gifts. Yeah, so get in touch if you want to send us something at Brit Roller Six Towers. Uh, help us out through this dry spell. Worlds is around the corner, though. We can get some, there's some Worlds chat coming down the pipeline, hopefully. I want to go. I know, I know. I know it's like uh, the yeah. Uh, anybody interested in uh, improving our U.S. history? Uh, Andy would like to know a bit more about the Pilgrims and the Puritans and stuff. Yeah, yeah, and we all know that they've gone like second rate for the commentators this time around. <laughs> <laughs> DM Armada and uh, Ross. Ross from the Thank You Good Save Weekly Dice Arena. You know, they're good. I'm sure I'm sure I'm sure it'll be a very adequate commentating that they do. Uh, <laughs> however you know we are we are available. I think Jimmy said something like well, 300 people. He, yeah, he did. Well, not this year, though. He said if we can get 300 people in this year, then they'll fly next us year. out next year. I'm like, all right, yeah, sure. I think he knew full well they wouldn't have 300 people, mate. I think that was, <laughs> that was just to fill our heads with hopes and dreams. <laughs> well, let's make that dream a reality right here. So get, get your mums, your dads, your grannies, your granddads, your kids, your neighbours. Graceland, lovely place, I'm sure. Yeah, yeah, lots to do. Put a mat in their hands and dice. <laughs> Here we are again, you see. So uh, I must point out, is you making the controversial statements again? <laughs> but you know, you just know full well one of them's going to message me giving me the shit. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm, I'm just the, the, the co-host. I'm just the second. <laughs> oh dear well and on that note folks we'll see you again in two weeks time thanks so very much for coming along bye 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 <laughs> Yeah, that food fax was abysmal. I'm, I'm actually really quite disappointed with myself. Oh, thank you. Uh, well, like I say, it's about playing strengths in it. It's not. It's not really where I'm at. Everyone loves to try it. I'm, I'm better at writing letters from the Queen, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> it's got a, the combo countdown. That was that was, a, that, was that, that was one that just didn't work. Yeah, only because I think I think. I didn't quite get what it was, and so we were both doing two different things. <laughs> never mind, never mind. We'll put it out there. Put it out there. You can't see the what is it? James says the um, the perfect is the enemy of the good. <laughs>